welcome to the What to Expect While Fostering and Adopting podcast show. If you're a foster mom on the journey to adoption, already adopted, or somewhere in the middle, trying to figure out how to navigate the foster care system, wanting to grow your family through adoption, trying to balance everything, or stuck in that space of all things unknown, you're in the right place. What if there was a way to fast track your knowledge, prepare you for the good and the hard, and somebody who could answer that long list of questions I know you have? Hi friend, I'm Christine Marie, biblical mindset coach, adoptive mom, and previous foster parent of 77 children. Yep, you heard that right, 77 kiddos. I'm your host, and my goal is to help make your journey a lot easier by sharing my best tools, techniques, and skills that helped me pivot from foster care to adoption, fully surrender, and trust the process. I'm about to bring some calm to the chaos and show you how to navigate through this journey with a whole lot of grace. So go grab your cup of coffee and let's jump in. I am so excited that you're here to jump into another topic with all of you. Today, I wanted to talk about dreaming big and visioning, visioning with God. And then I want to talk about what happens when your vision isn't in alignment with what reality is. So when I we were looking at fostering. And like I said before, I was only looking at fostering by accident. We got into fostering by accident, but then I began to look at fostering as a way to adopt, adopt the little girl that I had on my heart and in my mind to expand our family. And we wanted to adopt one little girl and we ended up adopting two. So (laughs) that God gave me double of what I asked for and prayed for which is just like him, right? So I want to encourage you to take a trip down this this visioning path with God and dream with God. I feel like so often we get nervous to like dream big. And I don't know if you guys grew up in the church like I did, but I grew up with a very religious mindset of I don't need certain things I can do with what I have. And I think all of that is completely fine, but I do believe that God wants to bless us and give us the biggest desires of our heart. And for me, that was a child and foster care was the journey. I imagined that she would be a girly girl, really um, have a great relationship with my boys and that she would hopefully bring out the girly side of me being a boy mom. That was what I had been used to was just trucks and dirt and t-shirts and shorts and sandals and no real like doing the hair things, right? So all of that I was excited for and looking forward to. I would encourage you to dream big with God and with your spouse or significant other, or if you don't have a spouse or significant other, just with God, right? And talking about praying with him and asking him which child is right for you, is meant for you. Is it multiple children? Is it children uh, from a different country? Is it children from the United States? Is it domestic adoption? What is it? Just praying and taking that journey with God. So that's not, and I'm encouraging you to do this because that is not something that I did in my journey but I could see now in the different areas of my life that I do use this and do this with God, how impactful it has been. So I'm not somebody who 
necessarily like has a vision board, but I have what I call a prayer board. And so I have different goals and different visions that God has given me. And I have those written down on my board. I want to say that I, the last time I updated it was probably a month ago. And so far I've already crossed off three things off my board just because in partnership with God, I am looking at these things and they're on top of my mind. So I would encourage you to sit down with God, pray about what your foster care journey would be like. And you know, be open, be open to God surprising you. We knew we wanted to adopt one little girl. I knew that I wanted to keep the children in birth order. We'll talk more about that later, but I wanted to keep the kids in birth order. So that would make that child less than two at the time. So I knew those were the things that were important to me. And it can be just as simple as we're really wanting to add any child to our family, boy or girl. It could be super specific. We're looking to add a little boy who's under three. And the reason for this is without vision, the people will perish. So it's truly that, you know, the Israelites were wandering around in the desert for 40 years when it has been said that it was truly just an 11 day journey. And that can really be drawn back to having a clear vision. So when we have that clear vision, we can be on search looking for the child that would be the best fit for our family. So what needs would you be comfortable with? Would you want an open adoption, a closed adoption? All of these things are really great things to pray about, journal about. For me, I really wanted a closed adoption. That was super important to me. So just knowing, and I know there's some people who have open adoptions and they're thriving and they're wonderful for the child. So is that something that, and I believe God created all of us for a purpose, with a purpose, and he designed us uniquely perfect. So being really honest about what the best fit for your heart is, is so important. So something that I had no idea about when we went into foster parenting was how much my anxiety would play a role in fostering. And the way that I would try and manage that anxiety is with controlling situations, outcomes, whatnot, or trying to, right? Because there's no control in foster care, none at all. It is such a journey that you truly have to surrender everything because everything is so unpredictable, right? Things change at a moment's notice. With that first little girl that we had that we thought was going to be far of forever daughter, it was everything was amazing for five months. And then we got a call that she was going back to her mom, which now I look back and say, wow, that's amazing. But we really didn't anticipate that would be happening because her mom had lost the rights for her five previous children. And so this was supposed to be a really simple kind of fast tracked is what they had called it then adoption. So that was when my vision began to shift. And I would encourage you when you set your vision, there's a difference between shifting your own vision and shifting your vision with God. And I shifted my own vision. So I became to this place of desperate for a child and wasn't leaning on trusting God, trusting him in this journey of adoption, because it was really me driving the ship. 
and me wanting to move things along. So that's another reason probably why we ended up taking 77 children in that course of 10 years because yes, I wanted to help as many children as possible and truly, oh my goodness, as the time went on, my heart just grew to serve and love these children and we did continue fostering even much multiple years after adopting for that very reason. So partnering with God though, on that vision, what is your vision for a child? What are the specifics? And constantly going back to this vision and checking it when you get a call to take a child as a foster child and you have decided that you're only going to be taking children that are available for adoption or potentially available for adoption, you know, and then they call you with a child who's not potentially available for adoption. When you have that clear vision, you will be able to say no with confidence and trust that God hears you. He sees your vision. He connected with you on creating that vision and that you can fully trust him and surrendering control and not taking the children that don't meet with that vision. Now, I know some of you might be saying, wow, that sounds crazy to have such a clear vision. I mean, what if my vision changes? What if I find different children through the process of fostering that would be a great fit for our family? I think that's perfect. And you know, truly my vision changed too, right? So the first child that we took was definitely within the birth order, the little girl that was super girly and loved dolls and had, I got her those little squeaky shoes and she wore them all over and she was just so tiny and fun and perfect. And then the next little girl that we got that we adopted, she was older than the first child. So I definitely, my vision had changed right after that first adoption, that vision had changed. And so that's where I want to encourage you. Yes, you want to be focused on your vision, but also don't be so rigid that you're not going to allow God to change and mold you and change the desires of your heart. But just going back to him to check, right? Like a pulse check. Is this where you're leading God? Is this what you're saying? And there's such an urgency in the foster care world of, I need an answer right now. And you feel that pressure. If you've ever gotten a phone call for a foster care placement, and if you haven't fostered before, trust me, you're going to get a lot of these calls that, can you take this child? This is the situation I need to know right now. Yes, some of those situations are urgent. But I'm going to encourage you to pray about every single placement. And even if you miss out on some of the placements, I'm going to encourage you to let them know that you will need to call them back because you need to talk to your significant other. And then I want you to take that time to pray. I want you to take the time to go to God. And if you don't have peace and when God gives you peace, you know the peace. So it's unmistakable. It's undeniable. And if you don't have that peace, I'm going to encourage you to say no. It's funny because I think they say like every time you say yes, you're also saying no to something else. So I want you to have that mindset of every time I say yes, I am saying, and if you're saying yes to something that doesn't align with your vision or doesn't give you peace, you are truly saying 
no. You're saying no to God's best plan for your life. So I do want to talk about what is it? What do you do when your vision doesn't turn out how you thought? So like I said, you know, we adopted our two daughters and everything was as I imagined. But I'm going to tell you that things sometimes can dramatically shift once an adoption is finalized. Those of you who have adopted may know this feeling because a child suddenly has that permanence. They suddenly can let the air out of their balloon. They can suddenly exhale. They can suddenly rest. And then everything that they've been holding on to, and I'm not saying it happens right away, but everything that they've been holding on to in that fight or flight or freeze that they've been holding on to to just maintain their own sense of safety is let go when they get to that point that they can exhale. You're going to find so many challenges come out and that's when the true work begins. That is when the true healing can happen or you begin therapies or you begin treatments. And I'll be really honest, there's so many. We have tried almost everything and anything. We've tried play therapy, group therapy, counseling, psychiatrists, medication. We have not done inpatient or residential, nor have we done... There, there's so many so many options, right? There's a lot of options out there. And for some children, I know that residential is the only option that is safe because once a child feels safe, sometimes the behaviors get so extreme that there's no other option. For us, we've questioned some of these extensively, but my biggest go-to in my mind has always been We adopted these children to hopefully break generational curses with them, help them to do this and to make their life better and to help them change the trajectory of multiple generations. You know, and there's, like I said, there's different extremes, but if we were at that point and we needed to consider residential or subacute, we absolutely would have. Right now we're utilizing several services, but it's just an individual family decision. I will say my vision of what I imagined was not what has happened because it's so much harder than I could have even imagined. And the crazy part is it's been soul refining for me. And I admit a lot of times I feel like a two-year-old in my own brain kicking and fighting and throwing myself down on the floor and I need a nap (laughs) because I am so completely frustrated that I can't force, persuade, encourage any word that goes along with the word control to help to change my daughter to heal. I can't force that. It has to be something that she wants. I think that is the toughest lesson I've learned as an adoptive mom is that I can't help. Well, I can help, but I can't force anybody to heal or move forward who doesn't want that. I can't change anybody. That was a really hard pill to swallow and I'm still swallowing it. And we're running out of time because my kids are getting older. 
that was always my thought was I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time to help them heal before they move out or before they do this. And the truth is their healing isn't on my watch, but my vision never included the trauma that their body went through there. It did not include counseling and therapy. My vision was my love, my husband's love, our kids' love, our family's love was enough to heal my girls and for them to have an amazing life. And I had no idea that my love wasn't enough. I've learned recently so well that the only love that can transcend and facilitate healing is God's love and their own love for themselves, for them to believe that they are worthy. There's uh, such a hard thing when a child is separated from their birth parent. And I in a perfect world, I can't imagine that this is how it's supposed to be. I can't imagine for any situation that a child would ever not be with the mother and father who birthed them because it causes so many internal questions and I you know have even talked to people who went through private adoptions and had perfect adoptions in every sense and they still struggled with worthiness why would their mother and father why would they choose something different for them why could they not keep them all of those internal questions that create the brain pathways that form who this person is, how they see the world, the vision on how they look out on their life. Vision is kind of a really big question, right? Is when you're creating that vision of what your perfect child would look like in your perfect foster care journey, even though it might end up completely something different and nothing like you even imagined, I still encourage you to cast the vision, cast the net. And it's sometimes, you know, it maybe it's even not even until your children are adults that you see the fruits of your vision, but it's so important to set that vision with God. Set that vision for your family. What does it look like when your kids are gonna get older? If you're wanting to take in a baby, Oh my goodness, when we were foster parents, that was the thing every single person wanted to adopt a baby. And then all of the teenagers, not all of them, but I'm exaggerating, but it seemed like so many teenagers were left in the system without families. And the truth is every baby grows up to be a teenager, right? So you're just becoming a parent to this child at a different stage. But every stage is so important and truly, you never know when the healing's gonna take place. So casting that vision, stepping out into wherever God is leading you, even as your child, once they're adopted and then they're you know, a younger child, helping them to cast a vision for their life. One of the things that a lot of people have thrown back on me as a really bad parenting decision is that we have shared with both of our girls, we've shared with them what life was like for them in, in utero, what their life was like for them in foster care, what their life was like at all the stages before we had them. You know, we even shared with them if their parents drank or if their parents used drugs. And the reason for this is the enemy wants us to keep things hidden and God wants to shine a light in the darkness. And for us, 
we wanted them to have the power to be overcomers. We wanted them to have the power to understand what they are up against so that they know they are so capable to overcome. Your your brain has something called neuroplasticity. Your brain is changeable, moldable. You can grow new pathways. So just because their mother used in utero or they have certain genetics or they have certain dispositions, it doesn't mean anything. It means that this is what they came into the world with they have the power to shuffle the cards. They have the power to leave certain cards on the table. They have the power to overcome every single situation if they set their mind to it. If you knew the story of my daughter, she was born at less than three pounds. She was born with a brain hemorrhage and born at 31 weeks. And some of the diagnoses that they said that we needed to watch out for were really hard. But I'll tell you, she's a straight A student. She can do math equations in her head, long math equations in her head. She asked me when she was, I can't remember, in eighth grade, seventh grade, sixth grade, something like that in middle school. She asked me, mom, why am I so different than all the other kids? And that was when we sat down and said, this is why. And she said, oh. And so it was our perspective that shifted how she saw herself. This is the mountain in front of you, per se. But this is the mountain that you can climb and you can go over, and this is your mountain to move. That is why we shared this with them. It's amazing the generational curses that I firmly believe that will be broken off because they have knowledge, they have access, they have the ability to get help for certain things understand why their bodies are the way that they are. For me, you know, I was not adopted or had substance exposure in utero, but I still struggle with things. I think everybody struggles with things. So it's for them to be able to know, and that's why we made that decision to share with them everything. We want them to know, and of course, you know, we share it with them at the level of emotional maturity that they're at. We really believe that knowledge is power, and they need to understand what they're coming from and where they're going, and we help them to cast that vision of what their life could, would be like, where they're going, how much confidence we have in them. And all of that stemmed from that original vision, right? Which was just to adopt a little girl. And it shifted over time, but now it's turned into casting visions with them. What do they wanna do when they're older? And then write it down. I write it down so it's so clear that anybody coming by, anybody who has any significant time with them will know what their vision is as well. So I hope that you take the time to cast vision for your foster care journey, for your adoption journey, for your children's journey, for your children's lives, and see how great of an impact it will have in your journey. Hey friend, I hope that you loved today's episode. I pray it blessed you and helped you see that you have a friend in your corner who truly understands what you're walking through. If so, would you share this episode with someone who's been praying for a breakthrough in their own journey? It would also bless me big time and help others to find this podcast if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit your questions, topics that you would like covered and find a community of like-minded mamas in my private Facebook group. 
by searching What to Expect While Fostering and Adopting on Facebook. See you next time.